Welcome back, folks, to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. On today's show of the conversation series, you have Henrik Clausen and Deborah Burnett, along with yours truly, Michael Colligan. And this conversation, if you're into health effects, is like the door opening to a deeper conversation that was just between Deborah and Henrik. And that deeper conversation can be found in the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast YouTube channel in the link on the website with this show. This is like an introduction and you know most distributors they want to know that overview but if you want to go deeper you got to listen to the the conversation between Henrik and Deborah on their own and that is on YouTube and it's a link on the site on Get a Grip Online but before we get to this one we got to tell you about technical consumer products go to tcpi.com that's right the craziest folks in lighting but you know what man they got so many products, so much wonderful things there. I really like their aisle lighter fixture. Man, it's a beautiful fixture if you're doing a lot of rack aisles. And you know what distributors out there know what I'm talking about. Those warehouses are so juicy. Check out their rack aisle fixtures. Check out their color selectable tubes. Go to tcpi.com. That's right, the craziest folks in lighting. And, of course, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. Get educated, get associated. Let's go. Ellis Evolved. That's right. But for right now, it's myself. And I'm honored to be with Henrik and Deborah. You had mentioned a couple times and, and gave us a, a bunch of instances of colors of organs and, and how some of these organs had matched um, the chakra colors and, and so on that we have from the ancients. Some of this ancient wisdom that we see kind of people are turning back towards again to maybe refresh modern science with. Um, does the human body respond to light other than light absorbed from the eyes. Yes or no, Deborah? Yes. Now, Henrik, how, as a designer, you were talking about the hospitals a little bit on the show. How does that make the challenge of the hospital environment that you were looking at, how does it expand the scope by a magnitude? It's a, it's a really great question, and it's so hard for me to answer because we work to international standards. We have like a color rendering index. We have a color temperature. We don't have anything legal to back up that we want to create good lighting for people. It's the lighting designer, the architect, and the engineer together does that, together with the staff at the hospital. And it's at, it's, it works sometimes but other times it doesn't work at all. So it's really, really hard to get there. Everybody in the group needs to buy into it. And then it, then the magic can happen, but it's rare. Deborah, when you're, what, what, one of the things I like to look at on the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast, and this is not a yes or no. <laughs> so oh, um, I just wanted to get that out of the way so everyone understood. You've constrained me with the yes or no answer. Yeah, I had to on that one. So the, the, um, so one of the things that, you know, we, t- we talked to UL about their, their verifying marketing claims badge. You know, you see the DLC out there and these various accreditation and certification agencies, right? And I always find that, that the best certifications or accreditations are when we're removing a negative, right? So I'm certifying that this product has no flicker, right? That's a claim that you can make and that's a healthy claim. Right. So those two things correspond with one another and the health benefit. There's a direct connection that if you have non flickering LED lights, the people in that space will be healthier. So it's a lot easier for us to remove the negatives from lighting systems and then claim a health benefit. It's much harder for us to impose a positive 
and say that this new lighting now that we're putting in here um, is going to improve productivity or reduce sick days or doing the first question would be are there any other negatives that you're seeing that we can remove from lighting which would be immediate wins there are a number number one i'm going to start off right now um, that corresponds with what you're speaking about something that we can get a quantifiable estimate of the problem and i say that quantifiable mm -hmm. estimate as well as a solution and that is glare interior and exterior glare if we treat glare from a lighting perspective as if as if everyone in the space were elderly and had uh, you know uh, uh, degrading ciliary muscles as i spoke about earlier during our, our podcast then we would be creating a universal friendly interior environment that is illuminated with artificial mm. electric light. Okay, let me ask you a question Glare, on that. Let one. me ask you a question mm -hmm. on that. So that's that's beautiful. Yes. That's exactly what I was mm -hmm. looking for. Now, is that why when I when I walk into an office of completely indirect light fixtures, so you know when you, you hang the luminaire from the ceiling, there's no down mm -hmm. light coming out of the fixture at all, but just enough mm -hmm. up light, like it, lots of lumens coming out of the top that it reflects off the ceiling and down. That space feels very comfortable to me for some reason. Is that because of yes. the elimination of glare? That contributes. But the reason, again, you have to go back to the body and you have to go back to the way that our skull is, is mm -hmm. formed. We, we have a brow ridge for a reason. We have a brow ridge for a reason mm -hmm. as well as our natural inclination daylight in other words light during the non-darkened hours is at 30 degrees so i'm going to change a little bit and hopefully you can capture this 30 degrees so we are constantly looking out and away from us we are also looking down and eye capture is something that is quantifiable and so when you walk into a space and you're in a research program that is examining eye capture, we know exactly where the eye tends to go first, even though you may not be aware of it. The eye is always going to go down to the ground. That, that's a survival mechanism. You want to make sure that when you're walking, you're not walking on ice or into a quicksand or whatever. And then it's going up. It's always going up to see the furthest distance that you can see because we have three layers of, of focal length in our eye as from also a survival mechanism. We wanna be able to see as far as we can to prevent any you know, long range danger, immediate danger and a foreground danger. Hmm. That's, that's you know, survival mechanism. So when we mechanism, eliminate the glare, the elimination of yeah. glare is an increased level of comfort, I think is what you're saying. Yes, totally. And, and it and aligns that corresponds, with the and that corresponds to better health outcomes, Henrik. That's I think that's that's what I, yeah. what I'm hearing. And what I want to ask you is, there was a Europe. There's a lot of people talking about, you know, health effects of lighting. And one of the things mm -hmm. is is this comparison between sunlight with being five thousand lux in the shade and this kind of stuff, and bringing five thousand lux vertically into offices and all this. And I was very wary of this because mm -hmm. I've actually been in a paint booth 
like where they paint cars, where they have like 700 lux on the surface and it's vertically right. coming out of the fixture and it's mm. not flickering because it's T8 LED tubes right. and it's 25,000 hertz. There's a lot of pressure from that. And I'm mm-hmm. going to throw this over to Heinrich because it was coming out of Europe. Is it, uh, this is a, a assertion of the vertical illuminance in the space having to be very, very high to help with circadian stimulus. I find there could be a p- lot of potential downsides to that. What do you think, Heinrich? It's it's a relatively new area because what what we are trying to say is we wanna we wanna imagine you are standing at the beach you are looking out over the ocean and you has this dome over your head and of course the dome also has the horizon as well as it has the top and it's virtu- virtually equally lit so if you had like the same brightness or the same luminance levels on the walls and on the ceiling it would probably feel the same. The problem with the way you are describing indirect lighting as you did earlier is that it's dull, it's boring, it's not inspiring in any way. So when you enter a space like that, you feel good the first moments. If you're in there for three hours, you get the rainy day feeling. It's like there's no clouds, there's nothing moving, there's no direct sunbeams. It's like, boy, it's boring to be in here. Okay, okay, so... so Okay, so I, I okay, feel that I, I want to. I'm going to take that yeah, one second. I need one to second. come back to me because I think I can solve the problem between. The well, both no, let of me you. let me. Add, I just want to. I just want to insert one thing into the difference yeah. between what Henrik just said and what you yeah. just said. Okay, mm-hmm. when you're outside, your eyes are refocusing for this long distance view. Yes. That's mm-hmm. not available to you inside. Right. So when you're looking da- away. In, and you're under very bright sunlight and you have that 30 degree angle and all that and you got your eyelids, your eyes are actually refocusing or, yeah, to yeah. look far off into the sunrise, right? And mm-hmm. that's, that doesn't occur inside though, Deborah. Is that, a, is that the problem that, that maybe I'm talking about or am I off base on that? Okay, so, so the, the metric that you're assigning to the European requiring vertical luminance walls that is best achieved when you have wall washing light that's shining the light onto the wall and it's coming back to the individual as a reflected light value off of the pigments that are on that Mm. wall lrv so the eye is getting that uh comfort that henrik was speaking about but you're not getting the car paint booth that you experienced. Uh, Jim and I actually had work on it, had worked on a project, a world-class car manufacturer had to, to work with the uh, paint booth, you know, where they send the cars in and they spray paint the cars in the manufacturing process. And those truly are vertical lighting. Mm-hmm. And it's very powerful. And what you experience is like, yeah, whew, this this is way too much, even though it may yeah. be the same lumen output as mm-hmm. what you have in what the European model is recommending. Okay, so, so let me let so me take this back over to Heinrich. Also contribute to your circadian input. So the distributor, the distributor who sells on the counter, he's getting what he needs here. I'm gonna put throw it back over to Henrik here. So those <laughs> those regulations from the European Union or what have you. Um, that those regulations, do they stipulate that indirect wall wash effect or is it just vertical lighting that they're calling for? It's vertical lighting on your face. Where you get it from doesn't really matter. But if you want 
to get it so that your eye level can adapt, your retina can adapt, and your pupil size can adjust. You need it from a soft, a big soft area, not from a, anywhere where you can see a light source or a bright one. Right. And that's why mm -hmm. we are trying to boost and we want suspended fixtures, more light on the ceiling, more light on the walls. And it's one of them is mm -hmm. achieved by suspended fixtures, the other one by wall washers. Just as Tara yeah. said. Uh, no, I 100% so, agree with that, yes. Okay, that, that's... And that's that, what we did on that project that I explained during the podcast, yeah. Now, other than the... Okay, so, you know, light, the interior design really is... It's hard is really lighting design in a sense, right? So, yes. um, but are we calling for a direct health benefit of this? And I'll let Deborah go first on this one because... If we're, are we actually suggesting that this, or actually saying that this combination that Henrik just laid out, is that combination helping our circadian rhythm? Do we know that to be true? Or is it just good design and people feel good, Deborah? We, as far as I know, I have not come across any hard research whether it be emerging research or established research to that. However, um, you have to understand that when you're dealing with glare, there is you know, significant research on glare, but it's in a very controlled environment. And the way that our scientific research is established, both in the medical community and the lighting community, which by the way, they don't talk to each other very well, and they're using different terms and different understandings. Mm -hmm. Their budgets are so constrained that in order to get the money to do a study, it has to be very specific and somebody has to push really hard to get somebody in the research facility to spend the money and spend the time to examine it. And that's going to be so low down on the totem pole. We may never get to that in our lifetime, but okay. this is where understanding the physiology of the body comes in. If you understand how the body works. You don't even have to do anything more than just strongly recommend what Henrik is saying, put light on the ceiling, put light on the walls and have it reflect back in, not come out. Okay. Henrik, I know you're, I know you want to jump in here. I'm just going to give you, <laughs> you could I see know that. you're ready to go. I'm going to throw a little, I'm going to throw in a little, um, uh, street knowledge on light fixtures from being in the field before you come. Okay. So one of the things that we know, you remember those little paracube lenses that everyone was putting in back in the early nineties that, in, in fluorescent fixtures, okay? okay? I believe that those cause seasonal defect, affective disorder because what would happen is they would push all the light straight down. So in an office, to stop the glare coming off the screens, right, of the CRT monitors, what the effect was was all oh, the office okay. walls were dark, right? Yep. So mm -hmm. all, the, all the office walls at once, you know, there was some spillage, over onto the walls and you looked across the room and you could see a bright wall and it you know, now you're seeing dark walls everywhere and it kind of caused people i you know there was a core i can't remember where i read it, it might have been might have been arnold wilkins actually that i talked to about this dr wilkins but heinrich deborah says no to the circadian rhythm that there's no health benefit you want it to not not that there is no research proving it if i research proving right yeah, no okay. research and and so I'm going to go over to you. What do you have to say about that? And I'm aware. We, we only do it for comfort. It's visual comfort. It's stated everywhere in the European norms. It's not done. It's, it doesn't have anything to do with circadian lighting. It's just mm -hmm. to reduce glare. 
because okay. when you adapt right. with the bright lights, you can have a brighter ceiling lamp without feeling the glare. That's what it's for. It's nothing to do any biological okay. effect. Now, no, no, now let me, I got to ask one more question before you, you have, everyone will have a moment to finish because I just want to get, okay. I know what distributors want to know here. Okay. okay. Um, people going out and claiming that this has a circadian benefit. There's a lot of people right now claiming that this vertical illumination when done like this has a proven circadian benefit. And if you use their system, you're going to see um, benefits in your workers. Is that claim premature, let's say, Deborah? You're speaking about lights coming out of the wall. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, like light, light directly or li high light levels, at, high light levels on the vertical plane is what's going to help. Uh, not, not, not from reflected colors, the pigments reflecting that light back, but actually the light luminaires mounted in the walls are coming yes. out like they are. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, well, I mean, everybody can sell snake oil. <laughs> That's Hold the bottom on. line. <laughs> okay. Yeah. How, Henrik, that that was a quick, that was a yes or no answer basically. I have to agree. We what we are trying to encourage in Europe that is that we put our lux meter next to our eyes, and mm -hmm. we measure the lux level. We correlate it with the spectral distribution, and either it's direct or indirect. It's very very hard to get these levels. So I haven't seen anything do what you are saying. So uh, I haven't seen it work okay. anywhere if you want to do this and, you need to have a mm -hmm. soft distribution from a skylight or a ceiling as we talked about a big a lot of 600 by 600 fixtures in the ceiling who creates a lambertian distribution you put your head yes. into the lambertian you measure 600 locks then you have a biological response as a rule of thumb wow yeah and that biological response would be most primarily on the ciliary muscles Yes. Eye muscles for glare. And what I was about to say earlier, Bud Brainerd is doing some work on something that, that I mentioned to him back in 2009, which was the paint color, the pigment color, light reflectance value. So how that plays in to what our system is. Yeah. And so, so Henrik, you remember this. As I, was, as I was walking up to give that speech in Berlin, I bent down and gave Bud a paper and mentioned something to him. And everybody was like, what's she talking about? And that was the, the, uh, the moment that James Benya realized that I was giving the keynote and he had no idea. So, I thought you, I thought you were going to say that's when he fell in love with you. But anyway, yeah, I think I would, well, that was exactly what I was that. going yeah, to say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, folks, we got it to the distribution level here. Um, and uh, it's very, very, it's, it's our honor to have Henrik Clausen and Deborah Burnett with us. You got to go to tcpi.com after that, that conversation with Henrik and Deborah. Wow. Unbelievable. Now, we, they go a lot deeper on a show just between the two of them on the YouTube channel. And so you can go to Get a Grip on Lighting's YouTube channel and you can look for it. If it's if you're in January still or early February, be right at the top. If not, scroll down a little bit and you'll find it. Or if you're on the Get a Grip on Lighting.com website, you can check out this episode and there'll be a link to the YouTube, uh, the bigger episode on YouTube with uh, Henrik and, and, and Deborah as they go deeper into the health effects of lighting and how lighting impacts our lives. Wow, what a great conversation though with those two. And, of course, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. 
we got to talk about TCPI again, tcpi.com. You know, I could go on about the folks at TCP. As a distributor, I have such a wonderful relationship with them. They're extremely supportive and knowledgeable. they got great products, awesome pricing, great service. They ship orders for you. They drop ship orders. If you're a distributor and, and you, you don't have an account with TCP, what are you waiting for? What a great company to work with. Bye for now. Check you out next week. Check us out next week. Bye for now.